Today in Canadian History for June the 20th, I'm Joe Barima. Quick, where's your library card? On this day back in 1967, everyone in Ottawa was carefully filing newly minted library cards into their wallets. Okay, that might be a slight exaggeration, but libraries were on many Canadians' minds on this day back in 1967. At 395 Wellington Street, Lester B. Pearson was officially opening the National Library of Canada. After years of encouragement from various individuals and prestigious foundations, Canada had its library. Still home to some of our nation's most prized collections, the library has evolved over the years. The demands and opportunities of the digital world encouraged a formal partnership with the National Archives, and tight budgets have prompted changes in operation. Paul McCormick was formerly the Director General of Strategic Policy and Planning for the National Library. For years, he both worked at and studied the National Library. I reached him in Ottawa. Um, remember that this was 1967, and think about other national institutions. Um, there was no national gallery, or at least a building that was built for that purpose. There wasn't a Museum of Civilization. There weren't these buildings in Ottawa, anyway, uh, that were um, national cultural institutions. Um, so... The opening of this was a was a big deal. It was a very grand public national institution that was built high above the Ottawa River, with incredible views of the river, had marble floors, Italian marble staircase, uh, four public floors and fifteen stack floors. I mean, there were something like 128 kilometers of shelving in this building when it opened, so it was enormous. Uh, there was a large Henry Moore sculpture. Um, in the lobby, um, it, it was it was a huge step uh, in the life of the National Library, which had started in 1953, but didn't have space for its collections. Didn't have anywhere to offer services to the public. Um, collections were stashed in places across Ottawa, so it was a very large and important step for the library. Well, besides the desire to consolidate all these materials, um, what was why was it decided that the library was was needed? Well, it's um, the, the discussion around the need for a national library goes back a long way. I mean, Sir John A. Macdonald in 1883 said, and I quote, "The Dominion of Canada really ought to have a national library containing every book worthy of being kept on the shelves of a library." So. You know, it didn't happen in the 1880s, um, but they did ask the Library Parliament to begin collecting material that would be beyond the normal scope of the Library Parliament, um, books that were in the uh, humanities, social sciences, uh, literature, things that normally wouldn't be needed by parliamentarians. Um, there were individuals that were very outspoken about the need for National Library, and Periodically, there were these eruptions of individuals and organizations that petitioned the government to, to do something about this. But really, it took um, um, the organization of the Canadian Library Association in the 1940s to really get this movement um, happening. But there were a lot of organizations that were saying the same kinds of things. The Ontario Library Association, the Royal Society, the Canadian Historical Society... Um, lots of organizations were of the same mind that the country really needed to have a library in place that would provide national services and support the network of of, uh, of libraries across the country. Mm-hmm. 
elections are really interesting. I mean, what what was achieved in the what the fifty one years that the National Library existed is quite astounding, really, because it became by the end of its time as as a standalone institution, it was the second largest library in the country after um, after the University of Toronto libraries, which are enormous, right? Um, but the things that set the National Library of Canada and other national libraries apart from other kind of collecting libraries are things like legal deposit. And legal deposit is part of the legislation that is there with uh, the National Library. And it required uh, publishers to send copies of their publications to the National Library. And um, in some places, in some countries, there's a similar kind of requirement built around copyright. If a publisher publishes something and wants to register their copyright on that, they have to send a copy or copies somewhere to a central place. Legal deposit is kind of like that. It's, it's requiring publishers to, to send materials to a central place. So, I mean, some of the things that national libraries have normally, too, is a, is a very active gift program. And in the case of the National Library of Canada, because they got a new building and it was the centennial year and because it hadn't really existed before um, in terms of having extensive collections, you know, donors such as the um, government in the United Kingdom gave a very large uh, gift. Uh, it's like 10,000 books, and it was a mixture of, of uh, rare books and reference works that were current, uh, but a huge selection of, of uh, materials that came at, at that time. The Library of Parliament, also major donor to, to the National Library, collections of newspapers or the Government of Canada publications or provincial government publications. Um, these were huge gifts, which in the absence of a building sat in boxes for, for years. Um, many organizations have, have made a point of, of collecting material and, and donating it to, to the library. So, you know, 2002, um, the National Library acquired copies of the Halifax Gazette, I mean, this is almost a, it was almost a unique copy um, that uh, was acquired from the Massachusetts Historical Society. Well, Halifax said 1752, extremely important uh, material. Um, but this purchasing program covered a lot of, of um, types of, of information, um, other collections of Canadiana materials, um, Oh, even asking the British Library to to uh, produce copies of of uh, Canadian sheet music that they had in their collections that didn't exist in this country. I mean, some of these studies I talked about from the 1930s and 40s, they lamented the fact that the largest collections of Canadian materials at that time were at Harvard and New York Public Library and Library of Congress. They weren't in Canada. They, Canadian libraries didn't have these materials. <laughs> So there's been a lot of uh, catch-up that's had to be done. Today is a day full of Canadian history. On this day back in 1877, fire destroyed a large swath of St. John, New Brunswick. And famous Canadian crooner Anne Murray was born on this day back in 1945. 
And as always, on this day, we aired this episode of Today in Canadian History. Today in Canadian History is produced by CJSW 90.9 FM in Calgary. The executive producers are Joe Burima and Mark Affeld. Original music is provided by the Fisk, Fletcher and May Trio. This series is not meant to be a definitive source on our past. Instead, we hope that it sparks a desire to learn more about our unique history. For more information on the series, or to recommend an event or moment, check out our website at cgswcom slash Today in Canadian History. Mm-hmm.